0: Dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see. Headlights on both ends.
1: Welcome, folks, to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Associate Editor Jennifer M. Latsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Associate Editor Kayleen Scott. Hey, Kayleen. Hey, Jenny. Two words for you. Pumpkin spice. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it's pumpkin spice season, and Kayleen, no, it's refused, not.
0: <laughs> Kayleen refuses to admit that it's pumpkin spice season. No, it's not. It's it is. still summer, technically. No, no, no. It's technically still summer until the 23rd. <laughs> 21st. No. <laughs> it's the 23rd. <laughs> As she pulls out her phone to look at it, it's the 23rd. It's Monday.
1: Yeah, well, pumpkin spice is year round. No, it's not.
0: <laughs> it's gross. There
1: are people out there that don't like pumpkin spice and then there are people that do. Guess which one each of us are. (laughs) (laughs) And to make their lives a living nightmare, um, I'm the only one in the editorial department that enjoys the lovely, lovely combination of flavors that is pumpkin spice and uh, the other ladies in the department aren't big fans and so I've been sharing stuff on Facebook with them
0: and half of it is completely disgusting i
1: don't know i'm pretty much gonna think about trying the uh, pumpkin spice hot dog
0: with whipped cream you go do that by yourself somewhere else
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh come on you grinch (laughs) yeah (laughs) in kayleen's world every month is the only month that you can celebrate that holiday in so She doesn't celebrate Christmas until December 1st.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, because I shove it down your throat for six months. Uh, We've had this discussion before. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to hear it. (laughs) People got to make their gifts
1: ahead of time, and they've got to ship them ahead of time, and um, that's... Pretty much harvest for retail. So we
0: all know Christmas comes once a year, and it's (laughs) December twenty fifth. So we don't need reminded every twenty seconds that Christmas is coming.
1: I will say this: um, one of the car dealerships out of Wichita has started running like Christmas music on their on their morning um, advertisements for their car dealership, and I'm just like, okay, now stop, okay. even that you're in september you haven't even had halloween sales and costume you know antics yet you haven't had thanksgiving and a guy dressed up as a pilgrim with can't believe these prices on these cars stop with the christmas music in september okay that even even i can't justify that one so anyway i don't know i'm pretty excited because um this it, this weekend starts the kickoff of all the fall craft festivals around here, arts and crafts. I I just love them. Um, Hillsboro Art and Craft Fair is this weekend, and by the time you all listen to this, it'll have been done. So you'll have to put this weekend on your calendars for next year. Next weekend is Whimmy Diddle in Scott City. These are these are like you know. Woodstock for people like me. <laughs> Mecca. I'm who keeps
0: hobby lobby in business. <laughs> but you don't sell any of the stuff you make. <laughs> no, I give
1: it away or I just hoard craft supplies. I you know what when they when I die they're going to find a craft room that's actually organized but craft supplies from like 20 years ago they're like going,
0: "Why did she keep this?" <laughs> I can't talk too loud. I was in Hobby Lobby this week. I was trying to find some trinkets to go with the horsehair that I saved for my horse. So I was wanting to make something, and I can't decide what I want to do yet. So
1: I'm really glad you saved some horsehair from her. Yeah, that's good.
0: My husband even made the comment, "That's pretty cool what you're making." And I'm like, I don't know if I like it or not. And Except he had a-
1: the compliment.
0: <laughs> he had a horse die in April, and they, the vet clinic saved her tail. So he was trying to find something to do with her tail, too. So,
1: I have a paw print from Shiloh the Wonder Schnauzer. Yeah. You know, those things are, are pretty important. People, they talk about mourning animals, and the generation before us and two generations before us, they don't get it, um, you know, because horses and animal and, and pets, dogs, cats, whatever, they weren't a permanent part of the life. You know horses more so because they were a daily useful critter but um today we see people our age and younger are making emotional connections to livestock to pets to to companion animals on a different scale and so it's important to have some way to memorialize to mourn and to accept and and i think we're going to see more of that I know we talk a lot about the anthropomorphication
2: <laughs>
1: of animals. That's not what we're talking about, folks. This, you know, Maggie the, you know, Maggie Mayhem. She is my dog. She is not my baby.
0: <laughs>
1: I am not her mommy. And when I go to the vet's office, I explain that to the ladies behind the counter. I am not Maggie's mommy. <laughs> she is my dog. But there are people out there that that you know
0: glom on. For one thing or another. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I'm not a fan of the term mommy in any connotation. I don't even let my kids call me mommy. I don't (laughs) don't like that term, but I agree. I don't think, I mean, you take care of these animals, but they're not children. (laughs) Yeah. Children are children. Pets are pets. Yes.
1: Now, you know, I'm a childless lady in her, I'm 41 years old and no kids. Do I put feelings onto that dog that I probably would have put onto a a child? Maybe. Sometimes. (laughs) Like, you know. But, in my mind, she is a dog. Yeah. You know. I don't
0: take her to the emergency room. (laughs) Well, and I was always, like with the horses, they are livestock. They Mm -hmm. are not pets. You bring your pets into the house. (laughs) You don't bring your horse into the house. They are not um, pets. Unless you're making a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen a few of those, but, you know, they serve a purpose. They are to provide a service, essentially, mm-hmm. A horses, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. People just get a little over the top sometimes for me. <laughs> well, but
1: here's the thing. I think growing up on farms like we did, and maybe this sounds very cliche, but... We saw the circle of life at an early age. Yes, you understand it, or you understand you understand it in a way that a child understands things, and then you mature and you you age through it. Um, and this topic is like really, we're going off on a tangent here because this wasn't <laughs> even. We started off with pumpkin spice. Sorry, folks, but um, <laughs> but for for real though, I think the first time that I remember. Noticing that animals die, I was maybe seven years old and my first 4-H heifer was about to calf, And I was so excited and we were just, I mean, it was a big thing because I was going to have a calf and I was going to show it the next year and it was going to be exciting. Well, she had a stillborn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was crazy. Crushed, absolutely crushed, Um, crying, hiccuping, that that whole kind of sobbing thing that Mm. where you can't even get a breath of air in. Yeah. And my dad took me aside, and he got down on my level, and he said, "Cattle die. That's you can't change that. Mm -hmm. Animals die. Now all we can do is to be the best that we can possibly do for for Black Beauty." the heifer's name (laughs) all we can do is take care of her and maybe next year she'll have a calf and it'll be okay things aren't permanent you've got to you know you've got to pull it together and I don't know it's not that you're heartless about this because good god no you're not heartless yeah but there's also a way to to memorialize and to push through and I'm glad you're in that place now (laughs)
0: <laughs> some days.
1: I know, honey. Hey, there's some days I call Maggie by, I call her Shiloh. And she just get, and honestly, if that dog could talk, she'd give you this look like,
0: really lady? Well, that was your first problem. Cause you got one that looked exactly like the other one. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't on me. <laughs>
1: Well, let's think about something a little different. Let's take up the, let's go from pumpkin spice to crafts to animal death to um, Amish buggy DUI, Kayleen. I saw the picture, but I did not read the story. Uh, okay, so I believe it was up in Pennsylvania. Um, two Amish young men they didn't call them youth but they they were yet they had they I don't think they were elders in the community
0: <laughs> I wouldn't guess <laughs> led police on a chase
1: in a buggy <laughs> that had a six pack of miller genuine draft on top oh boy <laughs> and um a stereo system in the back to which we had the question what song were they playing on the radio <laughs> what were
0: they listening to what were they listening to <laughs>
1: Um, When police finally got them pulled over, they they ran away, and I guess police are holding the horses in custody until the young men come and and, uh, fess up to what they did.
0: Nice. (laughs) Amish buggy
1: DUI. I I have no words. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't laugh because that is somebody's faith. So everybody put away your pitchforks. We're not making fun of the faith, okay? We're just making uh, an observation, a humorous observation of the fact that Amish buggy DUI (laughs) I I don't even know how to even start with that but I really do want to know what were they listening
2: to
0: (laughs) and how are they getting music into these sound system I mean was it a radio what was it it looked like from what I could
1: see two subwoofers in the back window of this buggy now it didn't look like it was a, a you know Uh, face that you would take off and and you know in case you got to go to church (laughs) so somebody in that community has to know that somebody's rigged up a buggy to be you know (laughs) less than Amish Um, (laughs) but I remember growing up with my older brother and if it was chrome or a CB um, accessory it was on his truck Yeah. so I guess this kind of transcends no matter your faith no matter your beliefs Chrome is the thing. <laughs> you got to chrome it up. I guess. I guess. Um, yeah. So if you know what they were listening to, please let us know. <laughs> um, we have we have commentary here. Um, my bet is it was a Christian rock band.
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was country music. I don't know. Do you think they'd be more Hank Williams? no (laughs) they'd probably be that poppy crap they play on the radio oh
1: florida georgia line come (laughs) on something like that even amish people have standards (laughs) i would hope (laughs) (laughs) well i don't think it was bro country because that that just if it was bro country i would be very very disappointed and i'd have to go and speak to their elders yeah (laughs) what have you been teaching them (laughs) i don't know maybe it was um maybe it was charlie pride He's the kind of sound that I could see an Amish person digging. I don't know. Very smooth, very mellow. Ooh, Conway Twitty. Maybe. There we go. <laughs> it was Conway Twitty. <laughs> well, last weekend um, was a good football weekend. Yeah. My Wildcats performed very nicely in the <laughs> SEC. I gotta say um, that game against Mississippi State was a um, it was a nail biter. <laughs> Did you watch it on TV? I did. I watched it on TV because it was available on TV. (laughs) Yeah. Next weekend, the matchup between my cats and your cowboys is on ESPN Plus again. I have ESPN Plus, so. Yeah, so do I now. (laughs) Because evidently, that's what you have to have. Yeah. Although I'm going to be in the middle of a wedding next weekend, so it's not really going to do me any good.
0: When is is the game? Is it
1: in the evening? I believe it's in the evening. (laughs) And her wedding is in the afternoon. So um, yeah, yeah. That, these things happen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and
0: your Cowboys did pretty good, right? What I got to see of the game, yeah. We were in Oklahoma City and listened to part of it on the radio. And then we the boys wanted to swim in the hotel pool. So I didn't get to see but the last quarter of the game. You couldn't get it on your phone? It was so incredibly loud in the indoor pool at the hotel that. Uh. I wouldn't have done any good anyway.
1: Well, <laughs> now explain
0: to everybody why you were in the city last weekend. This is pretty cool, folks. My husband entered the KPRA rodeo that was at Perry. They have ranch bronc riding, and they jackpotted it, meaning they had they can enter both nights. So he entered both nights and won both nights. See, yay! Yeah. <laughs> and what does that mean now? That was the last rodeo of the this season for the KPRA and. He's, I think, fourth in the Ranch Bronx, so the Cape Prairie Finals is this weekend in Dodge City. So we have plans this weekend in Dodge City, folks.
1: I am going to make a big old sign, and I'm going to go truck myself down there. No, 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 no,
0: no, Don't do that. No? Come on. No. Please? He's already nervous enough, I think, and doesn't want to be. Okay, okay. Doesn't need the cheering section. Just let him do his thing, and then then afterwards. Okay. All right, all right. I don't want to jinx him. Well,
1: we are very proud of him because he started this off as just a. What was the start of this? Uh, midlife
0: crisis, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> so instead of a Corvette or a new wife, he <laughs> went and rode Bronx. Well, he rode Saddle Bronx when he was in high school and he was in college and for a few years and just kind of. It's a young man's game to ride Saddle Bronx horses. And, yes, it is. Um, he just got out of it and. The last few years when he's been riding Colts, he just decided that he was going to start start riding Ranch Bronx, and he set a goal last year to go to the KPRA finals this year. So he, I am he
1: really proud did of him. what he did. You know, and you made it there. You made it to the KPRA KPRA finals many years on that beautiful horse. Years.
0: Yeah, I I ran four times. I was a director, so I had to go a couple of other times without competing. So I know what it's all about. I'm really proud of you guys. <laughs>
1: Hey, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Lord knows I couldn't do it. <laughs> I can barely get my lard butt up on top of a horse. <laughs> All right. It's getting less of a lard butt. I'm working on that, working on it. Um. Oh, hey, uh, T. Boone Pickens. Yes, we, we talked about his passing last week because it happened the day that we had um, recorded our podcast, but... It came out this week that he had a final letter to fans, and yeah, um, that he wrote before he died. I thought that was really something, um, something special. As a as a casual fan of T Boone Pickens and, and Oklahoma State, um, I will forever be purple, but <laughs> I did appreciate some of the things that he brought brought forth there about um, learning lessons, and you know, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps um, in the oil patch, mm-hmm. and he um, he did so many amazing things. Love him, hate him, ambivalent about him, that man was a force.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, people listened to him, and, I mean, he had all kinds of life experience. He earned millions, and he lost millions or billions or whatever it was.
1: (laughs) You know, you just kind of have to wonder about the intestinal fortitude of somebody that's like, so I lost it all. I'm going to build it back up again, by golly.
0: And he did. I mean, it could break some people, and it obviously didn't break him. So Yeah.
1: So if you get a chance, read T. Boone's final letter. Killing. what would you put in a final letter?
0: I have no idea. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe I think about a lot of weird stuff in my windshield time when I I'm driving. So.
1: I don't know. I'd, I'd start off with telling the family and friends, hey, I love you guys. I had a fun time. You know, don't mourn me kind of thing. I talk about taking chances, and anytime you take a chance, you flip a coin. It either comes up heads or tails, but at least you took the chance and you flipped the coin. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, for me, the the worst thing I can see is somebody sitting in a corner not wanting to try something because they're they're immobilized by the fear of failure. Yeah, everybody fails. Everybody fails. Yes, they do. Now, it's what you do after you fail. That's what makes you um, uniquely you. And that's what brings you success. What is it? Fall seven times, get up eight? Yeah. So uh, I think that's what I'd put in a final letter. What would you guys put in a final letter?
0: Um, Let us know. Yeah. If you've got a comment or a thought, we'd like to hear it. You can always drop us a line at hpjtalk at hpj.com and let us know. Or you can always call us at the office, 1-800-452-7171.
1: So in this week's episode, we're going to bring you the stories you might have missed in the September 16th print edition. We chat with Kansas State Fair manager Robin Jennison about the changes that were going on at the fairgrounds this year. Then, of course, Kayleen's going to bring us all the latest on grain markets, and we'll have the final thoughts. It is officially pumpkin spice season, No, it's not. (laughs) By the time you guys listen to this, it will be. So pour yourself a cup and ride with us on HPJ Talk.
0: This week's cover story is from Jenny, breaking a taboo, talking about land shouldn't be off-limits. Jenny, you spoke with Tiffany Lyle-Lashman, Ag Law Specialist for Texas A&M AgriLife, about what farm families need to consider as they look to the future of transitioning. You know, that's right, Kayleen. So what really struck me
1: is that in my research, I found, and I never realized that the number was quite this high, but that farm real estate, so that's land and buildings... That accounts for four-fifths of the total value of any farm's assets. Four-fifths. According to the Economic Research Service in 2017, the value of farm real estate was $2.47 trillion. That's trillion with a T, folks, or more than 80% of the value of the whole farm sector. So land and real estate is incredibly important to farming to ranching, to agribusiness out here. And we've we've talked about this before. We talk a lot about transitioning. Um, We write story after story after story, yet we still come up across major taboos about talking about land values or usage or legal entities and their merits for fitting a farmer's goals. You know, we, we talk about that all the time. You've seen it in your work, right? Yeah, (laughs) we've lived it. (laughs) My family lived it too. Honestly, our generation is probably going to say, if you pull any number of us, um, like a group of 50 or so, probably half of their hands in the room are going to raise their hands and go, yeah, there was no transitioning talk and we got burned. Yeah. And there is a lot of silver hair out here in farm country. Um, We talk about the average age of the American farmer is 58 some odd years old now, 58, Mm -hmm. 59. The baby boomers that got into farming, something's got to something's gotta happen to them. And we're facing this wave here of a transition of a lot of land and real estate that may be changing hands within families. It may be going outside of the family. It may be going to family members in the urban sector that have no idea what's going on in farm country. And all of a sudden, they've inherited land and a tenant farmer, and they have no idea what to do. Yeah. This land also might be changing hands because of economic pressures, you know, farm prices being what they are right now. The economists are saying that we're coming into an upswing in the ag economy, that, you know, farm incomes are supposed to be higher this year, that, that you know, there is a turn. But that doesn't mean that we're out of the woods just yet. And there are some guys that were teetering on the on the brink of bankruptcy that may just topple over in mm-hmm. this coming year. Yeah. I don't know. What do you what do you think about land transition and, and planning ahead and that sort of thing? I mean, you and your husband have a unique situation, but what have you thought about for
0: when the boys are at that age? Have you even thought about that yet? I don't know. I've been kind of soured about the whole transitioning and having a plan because when my father-in-law died, he had no life insurance. He had no plan. My husband knew kind of what his dad would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And... For lack of a better term, kind of got real mm-hmm. and got ugly, and I wouldn't want anybody to experience what we've had to go through as far as, you know, the land situation and the farm and, you know, essentially ruining a hundred years of history. Yeah. Um, I mean, my mom, my, my own mother, she's going through something with the, the, the family land and- right. We had a family discussion, and, you know, things don't always go the way you think they're going to go. And I agree that you need to have a plan. You need to have stuff written down, and you need to thoughtfully think about it. Mm -hmm. And even if you need to go get a third party that's unbiased and have them Mm -hmm. help the situation. Um, I think there's going to be a real
1: need for those third party yeah. people, um, in the next five, 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. especially, you know, talking with Tiffany and honestly, talking with Tiffany is always a blast <laughs> because she's a farm girl. She's a ranch girl out of New Mexico. She understands things on our level because she's our, she's our generation. Mm-hmm. She's got parents about the same age of our parents. She's seen. Um, and she works all across the, the state of Texas. And so she always has a, a different perspective on things than what you would get from some lawyer with gray hair. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so hers, it, it's always fascinating to talk with her and to, to go over what ifs and scenarios and things. Um, I think talking with her, there's probably going to be a great need, though, for people our age and younger so to be that third party, to be mediators, a or mediator, or something like um, that. You know, a planner, a financial planner yeah. of some sort, or go into the the ag economics type jobs. Just because these people, I mean, if you were to ask me today about my own financial situation, just mine, and refinancing, you know, do I refinance a house? Do I get a home line, home line of credit to do some major renovations? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, I don't have to deal with a multimillion dollar farm. (laughs) (laughs) I just have a crappy little house in Dodge City.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like a financial planner, I've always thought that's what rich people have. I mean, it's something that normal people like you and I don't think about having someone Mm. like that.
1: Or paying somebody to do that. Holy, holy crow the the number of people that will say well we just don't have the money for that type
0: of thing honestly do you have the money to not have that type of thing (laughs) yeah because i know what our lawyer bill was when we got everything figured out and it would have saved a lot of heartache if it was taken care of you know and done by somebody's wishes and not the way it was done
1: i just Consider, you know, if you're, if you have no problems paying a crop consultant, yeah, you have no problems going to the banker and, and, you know, paying interest charges on, on using the money. You have no problems with going to the, the, the equipment dealer and having them work on your piece of equipment rather than you do it. hmm Why on earth would you take something that's worth four-fifths of your entire
0: farming operation and just go, yeah, I think I got this. Thanks so much. Or just let the people deal with it that's left behind after you die. Yeah. Because that's usually the only time people talk about it is after somebody dies. People die. That's kind of
1: how this works. (laughs) Death and taxes, only two things that are are absolutely guarantees in this world. And I know that sounds like we're making fun of, of that, but it's not. It's a reality that you got to face. Now, if you're not in that place that you want to face that reality, okay, I get it. But at least start having the conversations. Yeah. And sometimes, and and Tiffany brought this up too, sometimes what you think will happen is not what the next generation wants. Exactly. You know, she brought up the fact that there might be some kids our age, kids, quote unquote, middle-aged people, that moved to town and got their jobs in town, But I've always thought, well, I'll come back home and I'll take over the farm when dad's ready to retire. And nobody knows that idea. Nobody knows that idea. (laughs) And dad's thinking, well, he's got a really great job in town and I don't think he's going to want to move his kids and his family out here. So why would he want to come back? Why would he want to come back? Have the conversations.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, like those, those farm couples that don't have any kids, like they didn't have kids at all. What about their estates? What about their stuff? And. There's young farmers out there that want to get started and Mm -hmm. they need a way to find these farmers that want to retire and find these young farmers that want to start and put them together, match them up. One of my favorite stories that I've done in the
1: recent past was talking to a young farm couple that was starting out and they wanted to ranch, but they they could not afford to get the land on their own. They couldn't afford to buy into the cattle on their own. There was, a young, there was an older couple that um, they watched these kids grow up. They watched them grow up and, and fall in love, get married, start their family, and try to, to build their little ranching situation together. And the older couple had no children. Mm-hmm. And they did exactly that. They, they reached out to them and said, how about we figure out a situation where we transition the land to you? You buy into the ranch. You buy into the cattle herd. We offer you our expertise. Yeah. Until you're ready to stand on your own
0: two feet, and then there's an exit plan for us. Yeah. Because there's nobody that knows the land better or knows the livestock better than the people who have been there for 40 years.
1: There's also plenty of conservation easements ideas out there as well. Yeah. Ways that the land can still be put into a a system where it's still used for agricultural production, but it can't ever be taken out of agricultural production. (laughs) There's so many ways to do that. So, yeah, this was a, a really, it, this was meant to be a conversation starter. Like all of our covers are. They're, they're conversation starters. Yeah.
0: They're not the end all, be all no. conversations. They're just a start. Yep. So, um, have those conversations today, folks.
1: All right, inside on the in the High Plains Journal, our colleague David Murray of the Waterways Journal. He writes to us about the EPA's move to not approve labels anymore, calling glyphosate a, quote, carcinogenic. Quote, EPA is issuing guidance to registrants of glyphosate to ensure clarity on labeling of the chemical on their products, end quote. The press release explained that this claim, that glyphosate is known to cause cancer, is a, quote, false claim that does not meet the labeling requirements of the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, and Rodenticide Act, end quote.
0: On page 4, Web Editor Shauna Rumbaugh reports that U.S. Representative Roger Marshall of the 1st District of Kansas announced his candidacy for the U.S. Senate, a seat recently vacated by Senator Pat Roberts, who is retiring. On our Opinion and Editorials page,
1: page 6, Managing Editor Dave Bergmeier writes about what's up next for the beef industry. Seymour clearly writes in Washington Whispers about the September Sprint, and Lori Munns, Hansel Valley, Utah, writes about the Federation of State Beef Councils and their usefulness in the state and national partnership that gives state
0: beef councils of all sizes a leg up. Leading the livestock section, contributor Lacey Newland writes about the beef quality assurance programs in Oklahoma. Folks, if you have a response
1: to something you've read or heard here, or there's a local topic that you want to bring to the attention of our readers and listeners, please write to us at journal at hpj.com or hpjtalk at hpj.com. Or you can call us at 1-800-452-7171. We want to hear from you. There's been a lot of changes at the Kansas State Fairgrounds this past year, and I spoke with Fair Manager Robin Jennison about the facilities upgrades and the programming upgrades that made this year's fair a success. So we are with Robin Jennison, General Manager of the Kansas State Fair. Okay, so let's talk. We've we've done some changes here this year. There's some new things coming on. Um, the fairgrounds look excellent. Uh, let's talk about that.
2: Well, part of it, I mean, we had a great year. I mean, there, there, was, there were a lot of people that this year really impacted with all the moisture, but quite frankly, uh, it was good for us. I mean, our grounds crew had to work their tail off to keep caught up this year, but it does make the fairgrounds look great because it's green and it looks good. We've got... We've got a lot of pollinator gardens that we we think that's one of the things that can kind of bridge agriculture with the urban areas is the the story of pollinators and so we've we've increased the number of pollinator gardens and and they look great because of the moisture we've had just like everything else in agriculture you get moisture and it's going to look pretty good
1: now we've done some facilities upgrades i've been looking around the displays look uh, you know, new and vibrant and that sort of thing. When you came on board, what was one thing that or two things or so that you really wanted to upgrade for the state fair experience?
2: Well the one thing that I as when I came on board the we have difficulty in our grandstands acts and, and it's it's a very important part of the fair experience, but quite frankly it doesn't make us any money. And so we looked at how we could make money with the Grandstand Act. And so we've done a couple things. And if people go down the grandstands, we've changed the total front. We, you know, we used to have just a small area where there was some uh, exclusive seating. We took that out. It was there last night for Bobby Bones because he requested to have seating, which I don't know why he did because nobody sat down the whole time. I mean, he's just a high-energy performer. Nobody sat down. We increased that by about three times, uh, and we call what we call the patio. Uh, and uh, it's, it was a great addition to the to the grandstands. We've also on Tuesday and Thursdays have moved those entertainment acts over to Brett Young mm-hmm. Arena because last year when I looked at it, they didn't have uh, over barely over two thousand people on Tuesday and Thursday. Brett Young can hold twenty four hundred people, so we've moved Tuesday and Thursday to Brett Young, and those are free this year. And they're great entertainment acts. I mean, it's, it's they're they're up and comers. They will be they will be the type of people that someone's going to be able to say in a couple of years. I saw those at the Kansas State Fair. I mean, they're they're not they're not there yet, but I th- I think Thursday. I mean, we did a great job. Our folks that lined up on entertainment did a great job. The Thursday act, Lindsay L, uh, is a Canadian gal that moved down to Nashville. Uh, she is up for several Canadian awards, which I think their award ceremony is like two days before she's going to be here next week. And uh, she just recently got nominated for a CMA award. And, so, and what we paid for her, when we got her, so we got her like last January, and we had a little bit of insider information, uh, and we got her. And I, I think it's just going to be a marvelous concert. So we're, we're extremely tickled about that. Uh, they didn't have the trams last year running through the fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they'd had some near misses in previous years, and nothing had ever happened, but they just decided for safety reasons to quit. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest complaint that I got right. uh, when I got here. So I was at a national meeting of fairs and festivals, and Trams are Us folks had a display booth. We got them. It's just like what you'd get on at Disney World. Yeah. And they're here and they're doing a great job, and people are just so appreciative to have them back. Uh, we've got uh, Sudsey's Barn over by the Livestock Arena to talk a little bit about, uh, or the Livestock Row, you know, over yeah. on 20th Street, to talk about hygiene. And it's yeah. a, it's really a neat deal. It's these farm animals, the hand blower is a chicken roost that you put your hands in. I mean, it's really a neat deal, and Blue Cross Blue Shield sponsored that. I mean, it's. You know everything we do here, we're able to do because of partnerships with people that just care about making this a great experience. It's a, we we get no state funding; uh, it's all what we raise from the tickets we sell and the people that sponsor the Kansas State Fair.
1: Well, and it is Kansas's largest ag classroom. We it like is, to say,
2: and I, and I and I'm glad you brought that up because we have really changed, and we're, we're trying to increase our. Uh, educational mission, and so we had a we had a building that became open. Uh, we we made that the Ed Center, Kansas Education Center, uh, thanks to Farm Bureau because they're sponsoring that for us. Uh, I think you know, and and it, we're all on the same page on that because Farm Bureau and and the Kansas State Fair understands that you know we've got a shrinking number of people that are actually acquainted with agriculture, and so the fair and I think has done a great job over the years of of staying true to our mission of promoting agriculture, but doing some things that make urban people want to come out to the fair. And so we, we bring our audience in, and it gives us a chance to show them what agriculture is. And we've got Moo Yu over there. that They, they come in, and they take people on tours of the livestock barns and tell that story. We've got Sudsey's Barn. And I, it's just what I saw yesterday was just people were having a good time and i think I, we had a great first day and we just had a tremendous concert last night with bobby bones it was a we had over four thousand people in the stands we had a, a one of the leading uh acts for him was nicole gallion who's from sterling kansas her mom works for us here at the <laughs> state fair and that's where we get our insider information there from nicole go. but nicole just did a great job then bobby bones come out and he is a high energy guy and he just had the grandstands rocking last night. And tonight, we've got our biggest selling act, uh, which is Billy Currington. Mm-hmm. and we're we're just going to have a great day today. Good. We got a lot going on, and I tell you, Tuesday and Thursdays, they're going to be great days. Wednesday, I should say. Uh, Wednesday, we, just by luck, uh, the Navy goes around the country and does Navy Week. They are going to they they called us. They're going to be in Wichita, Kansas, for Navy Week. They saw that it was during the Kansas State Fair. They called us one to know if they could come over here, and we said, you sure can. <laughs> and so they are, and they're going to be here several days. They're going to bring some of their toys. So where we've got the Explore Kansas tent, which we did that, so uh, the smaller CVBs. You know, it's expensive to come to yeah. the fair. It, it's 10 days. You've got to have hotels. you got to have food. You've got your employees off of work. And so it's expensive to come to the fair. And we talked to folks about that. So we've got the Explore Kansas tent, which is right south of the administration building. And those are CVBs. I think we've got over 28 different areas of the state that are going to be there this weekend only. And so it gives them a chance to showcase their area. And then we're using that tent for a, a variety of things. But one of the things is for the Navy to have a display when they're out here. But the most, the, probably the neatest thing is we've got the high school and junior high bands. Come and we've been, we've given them a bigger parade route this year but they come in on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and they're going to march and then they stop if they want to. They don't have to, but a lot of them do stop at Brett Young and do a performance at Brett Young. The last band on Wednesday is going to be the Navy band.
1: Oh, that's going to and be a They blast. are going to They
2: are going to perform at Brett Young too. So we're we're really we we have got a great fair. I mean it it really is. I just people just need to come out. If they've never been out at the fair before, or if they've been here before, it's different this year. And I, you can you can feel it on the fairgrounds.
1: Well, thank you, Mr. Jenison. You. Fair officials announced September 19th that nearly 340,000 visitors attended the 10-day Kansas State Fair this year, which is an increase of at least 10,000 more from last year.
0: Your grain market prices from Dodd City's Pride Ag Resources on September 10th, corn was up at $3.52, wheat was up at $3.49, milo was up at $2.97, and soybeans were up at $7.47. If you'd like to have crop or livestock targeted news emailed directly to you, sign up for our HPJ direct email newsletters at our website, hpj.com. Simply select the topics that interest you, and you'll receive updates on them directly to your email
1: <laughs> next week's print issue of high plains journal is our seed stock issue with a story from kayleen be sure to watch for that in your mailboxes september 23rd and look for additional content online anytime at www hpj.com.
0: Remember you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com podcasts. You can also find us on places like iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you download podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HPJ Talk for news and commentary throughout the week. We're also on Instagram and you can always drop us a line at our email hpjtalk at
1: hpj.com. Thanks again for riding along with us folks as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember, as Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on
0: the trail. This has been a production of High Plains Journal. All rights reserved. Dirt road in a gooseneck, saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see. Headlights on both ends of my day. Life is for me